Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? All ready for another exciting week of shows, Dan. Uh, yeah. I'm telling you, the weekends, it's, I love weekends off, yeah. don't get me wrong, but sometimes I feel like I'm doing you uh, ladies and gentlemen a disservice. There's so much <laughs> news that breaks even over the weekend. We had the yeah. White House correspondence dinner debacle, what do they call it, the nerd prom? I just call it the dopey prom. I mean, nerd prom. Listen, don't compliment yourselves. Nerds. <laughs> Nerds are usually the smart people. That's not you, media types. I don't know where you got that from. No, I'm serious. Like, where where you? Where did you hear that, that you guys are the nerds? You're not. You're not. You're the dopes, okay? Uh, what, a, what a disgrace. This comedian, Michelle oh. Wolf, losing her mind on the stage. For those of you who missed the story, the White House correspondence. I'm not going to dig into this. You're going to hear a ton of coverage on this today, but just quickly on it. It's this dinner where the media, the White House correspondents, the intelligentsio, all the smart people, I'm obviously being sarcastic, the media types gather to celebrate Joe themselves, yeah. um, how wonderful they are. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm wondering if we should have a Dan Bongino show dinner and we should all just pat ourselves on the back and give ourselves awards. Yeah. Dan Bongino gets the Dan Bongino award for excellence. Like <laughs> you would laugh. You'd be like, is this guy an idiot? Uh, that's what happens at the White House correspondents yeah. dinner. So they celebrate themselves. So this comedian, uh, I, I, comedian, I want to be comedian. I don't think she was very funny, but Michelle Wolf gets up on the stage and just tears it. I was going to use the audio today, but it, it's I'm not I'm not giving this lady five minutes of additional fame. She gets up on stage, or infamy in her case, and just fillets Sarah Sanders with one of the most disgusting, uh, hate filled, nasty, horrifying. Uh, set of jokes I've heard in a long time. And Sarah Sanders, of course, the White House press secretary, as you know, uh, sat there with dignity uh, and class and took it. I can't say I would have done the same. Yeah, man, um, I don't, me either. Yeah, I would have been uh, butt right out of that seat. See ya. Have a nice day. Um, I just, yeah. But you know what? That She has a different style of me. And, uh, you know, I've heard nothing but great things about her. And God bless her for saying I'm going to take the slings and arrows and, um Handle it with some uh, with some dignity, and uh, that just it was a disgusting event. Um, you know, the media just uh, they, they've, they've, their credibility's obviously just completely gone. And whatever they thought they were doing this weekend to salvage it is just. Uh, I expect cuts from that dinner to be used in campaign commercials against the media and their uh, their Democrat Party uh, oh, yeah. propagandists. Um, you know, it's one and the same. I didn't even want to talk about that because I knew it was going to be so... I try to give you stuff no one else is talking about. All right, let me get into the show. Today's show brought to you by buddies at WaxRx. Hey, when your ears aren't clean, they can get really uncomfortable. They itch, they're painful, and get plugged up, making it harder to hear. Many people use cotton swabs, candling, or drugstore remedies to clean their ears. But they really don't do the job. It can even be dangerous. I mean, even read the back of the cotton swabs. It says, don't put these in your ear. Now you can get a real solution for stubborn earwax. The Wax RX earwash system is doctor developed and works safely when other products fail. My wife loves, loves, loves this thing, by the way. The Wax RX system is the method physicians trust the most, and it's just like the system they use in their offices. Wax RX comes with everything you need to safely clean out earwax and condition your ears conveniently right at home for less than the cost of a doctor's visit. The doctor-developed WaxRx system uses special wax-softening drops to break down earwax inside the ear. It has a specially engineered pump fitted with a unique tip to gently deliver the perfect amount of cleansing pressure to flush wax away. Finally, the pH-conditioned formula rinses and soothes your ears, making for the ultimate, most complete earwax removal system available. Visit GoWaxRx.com 
to order your reusable ear wash system today. Offer code DAN. We love promo codes. Dan, have it shipped free right to your door. That's GoWaxRx.com. GoWaxRx.com. And by the way, if you ever want to find our sponsors, go to Bongino.com forward slash sponsors. And now all of our stuff is right there. We get that a lot, that question. Mm. Okay. Uh, I didn't even know where to start because obviously we had the correspondence dinner. Uh, Ronnie Jackson, the White House doctor, has now stepped down as the White House doctor in the most disgusting, horrifying political hatchet job I've seen in modern political history. A noble Marine officer who I knew personally, uh, he's now stepped aside not only as the nominee for VA secretary, but also as the president's doctor in uh, what is one of the most disgusting hatchet jobs, fake bogus allegations against them. That's a damn shame. It is a damn shame. You're right, brother. And the Democrat Senator John Tester, who marshaled this effort from Montana, should step down too. He should step down uh, as soon as possible. The man has disgraced himself. He's disgraced Ronnie Jackson. Um, Anyone who defended this, Ted Lieu, the representative uh, in the House of Representatives as well, the other Democrat who defended this hatchet job on Ronnie Jackson, you all should step aside too. It's disgusting. You you do not deserve the positions you hold. We should start making it up, Joe. Hey, uh, Hmm. I heard John Tester uh, has uh, alien DNA. All right, yeah. Is it true? No, I heard it. I heard Joe. I heard that. I heard that. You know. Well, then it's true. It must be because I heard it. It's got to be. Did you hear it? Yeah, I don't know what planet, but I heard it's. it's You heard it too, so it's true, right? Out there in space, Tester has alien DNA. You ever see uh, the new Alien movies, the Covenant, the new one where the 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 cyborg guy starts like melding DNA from aliens and all kinds of creatures? That that Tester, that's what he had. Is it? Of course, it's not true. But I heard it. I heard it. So so it's true. Ted Lou. Ted Lou, who tweeted me about this this weekend, seems to think, hey, if there are allegations, we have to investigate them. Fair enough. Maybe it's a good idea to vet this stuff, though, before you make a political hatchet job out of it. You know what? I got serious news. I can't even deal with these idiots anymore. I'm so tired of them. Swamp rats. Disgusting. Tester, step aside. Do yourself a favor. And Montana, if you vote for this guy, I'm, I'm really, seriously, I'm embarrassed for you. I love Montana. I do. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, man. And I love the people there. But this guy has entirely disgraced himself. We are now the number two conservative podcast in the country. I am proud of that. I am thankful. I'm, I'm, every single day, I'm thankful for the opportunity to speak to you. But please, if this show is worth anything, we have the ability to influence hundreds of thousands of people a day based on our audience. Please do not vote for this guy. I mean, seriously. This guy has embarrassed himself. Tester. You do what you want. I'm just saying he has completely embarrassed himself. All right. Okay. Major league breaking news uh, this week. Uh, Unfortunately, it happened on Friday. And again, it's one of those, do we do a special episode or I wait to see how this thing fleshes out? And I'm glad I did. Of course, the breaking news was... How do we say parsed by the media, Joe, Uh, parsed by the media to reflect poorly on President Trump when what really happened was a bombshell broke uh, destroying the entire Clinton, Obama, Trump, Russia narrative. If you've been listening to this show from episode 628 on, you know that you should know by now, based on the evidence we presented and the sourcing and left-wing media outlets as well, that Donald Trump's team was set up. The entire Trump-Russian collusion fairy tale was a pre-existing narrative packaged, ready to go, 
in, in the in the unlikely event that in event at the time that Trump won, and when he won, they launched it knowing they the setup they had put, they put the pieces in play. Now, one of the ways I told you they did this is they incentivized or pushed people to move into the Trump orbit who had shady connections to Russians and Ukrainians. The people they pushed into the orbit who made contact with the Trump team, these people were dirtied up. The effort was to dirty up the Trump team too. Now, I've talked to you frequently about Sergey Milian, who is alleged to have started the Golden Shower story. He makes some connection at some point with Papadopoulos in the Trump sphere. Crazy. So he's talking to Christopher Steele and Fusion GPS, which put together the dossier, according to press accounts, about this golden shower story. And he magically makes contact with the Trump team. I've already told you about Alexander Downer, the Australian diplomat who meets with Papadopoulos in this bar in London. That, according to the New York Times and the FBI, is the genesis of this whole investigation, because at that meeting, Papadopoulos is alleged to have told Downer about these Russian emails that the the Russians have dirt on Hillary, is supposedly the quote. Downer has a connection to the Clintons, folks. Downer's a friend of the Clintons. Downer's uh, signed an MOU between the Australian government and the Clintons where they transferred $25 million. I know a lot of you heard this, but what happened Friday is critical because some of you may still be skeptical and say, well, just because all these people who approach the Trump team with dirt on the Russians, show and all dirt on all this other stuff are mm-hmm. connected to the Clintons. Well, maybe it's just a coincidence. Yeah. Well, what happened Friday? Natalia Veselnitskaya, the Russian lawyer who meets with Don Trump Jr., Trump Tower. The left is always all over this meeting, right? Who sent her? Who sent her was a Russian, was a, um, was a singer, this uh, guy Agalarov, his father. He emailed a friend of Trump saying, hey, you know, look, this lady, she has information on Trump from, uh, excuse me, on Hillary from the Russian government. From their, from their prosecutor general, the equivalent of like their attorney general. So Guy emails Trump, Agalarov, just to be clear, emails Trump Jr. and says, I'm going to send over this lady who has damaging information about Hillary. The lady is Veselnitskaya. Why is this important? Because on Friday, Veselnitskaya, by the way, perfect timing, and I'll get to that in a second. And I mean that sarcastically. Veselnitskaya admits on Friday in an interview with NBC News that she's a Russian spy. Oh! Oh! 628 on Vindicated. I Listen, <laughs> I, I'm not... T- I, that sounded stupid. I don't want to be like... I'm not trying to be some arrogant dope. There's too many people in the business who do that. They're too concerned about who breaks what and when. Nah. I mean, it's not fair because I've been writing a book on it, literally writing a book on it. You know, we keep having to adding, add stuff to the book, but this has been my life for a little while now. So I know a little more than most on it just because it's been it's been a lot of homework. But I just don't want you to think you've been wasting your time here from 628 on. The sourcing I've been using, the people I've been using, the researchers I've been using, and my co-writers have been really, really, really good. And we've put together a really, really good book um, that really makes the case. But we knew and told you from episode 628 on that Veselnitskaya had at a minimum shady contacts with the Russian government and the Russian spy service industry. 
that vessel in the sky and meeting with Trump Jr. was not an accident. Now, what's amazing, Joe, well, not amazing, what's, what's, you know what, I take that back. What would be amazing if they didn't do this, right? The media, of course, framed this as a negative for Trump. Trump met with Russian spy. I'm like, I can't believe the media, again, is missing the story. I have tweeted five or six times, even to Adam Schiff, slimy snake Schiff from uh, California, who keeps promoting the collusion narrative, knowing it's false, yeah. by the way. I tweeted to Schiff, let me get this straight. So a now admitted Russian spy who's working with a company hired by the Clintons gets sent over while working with that company to meet with Trump Jr. And you're still insisting, by the way, that this is a negative for the Trump team, not a framing operation by the Clintons. Are, are you this dumb? The answer is, of course, they're not this dumb. They are desperately trying to gaslight you again. Yeah. Gaslighting. Remember what it is. The yeah, Democrats baby. are experts at it. Tell a lie. Tell a lie repeatedly over and over. Tell it confidently and isolate people from the truth. The truth is this was a framing operation on Donald Trump. It was a setup. It is clear as day. The Russians were working with people hired by Hillary to set up the Trump team. It is obvious. It is so obvious. I, Folks, even though I expect a degree of stupidity from the media, I do. I'm actually astonished at this point, astonished that some entrepreneurial media type just looking for clicks, and I'm not talking about Fox and others, people who actually do reporting. I'm talking about like CNN and the others aren't like, hey, you know what? This is getting a little ridiculous trying to cover this up. Like at this point, can we just put out the story that this was a setup? Now, why all of a sudden... Why all of a sudden, would, hold on one second, I just want to make sure, okay, I got this. I, I got a quote from a piece of Business Insider, which is really, really good. It's on the show notes today, Bongino.com, check it out. I'll email them to you if you subscribe to my email list, which I implore you to do, please, if you have the time. It helps us a lot. But the timing on this, why now? Why what we've been telling you the entire time that Veselnitskaya was most likely a Russian informant working with people hired by the Clintons to set up the Trump team? Why is this coming out now? And why is the media, why did it break on a Friday? And why is the media trying to either make it go away and go, oh, look, Trump went with a Russian spy. Yes, sent by the Clinton team. <laughs> what the heck is wrong with you? Couple of things happened last week. Number one point to take away here. Putin is not our friend. Unlike the Democrats, neither mean or serious people looking into this are, are saying in any way the Russians did not try to interfere in our life. They did. The Russians, the Russian government, not the Russian people. Joe, the Russian government cannot stand us. They right. will do anything to incite internal chaos. Yeah. And one of the ways they've done it is to play the political factions against them. Uh, for as much as I can't stand the liberals these days, the Russians are a bigger enemy. The liberals don't see it that way. Trump is a bigger enemy to them than the Russians. Why is this important to keep in mind? Because Putin's playing us like a fiddle right now. Putin understands that quickly, Joe, this, this Russian collusion narrative is going to fall apart. Now, you may say, well, what interest does Russia have in keeping a collusion narrative going? They've already denied it. That, you know, the Russians have formally denied it. It's a joke, folks. Of course, they've been involved in our election. But they, Joe, wink and a nod, right? I wish we had a ditto cam here. Hey, we didn't do anything. Everybody knows they did it. The Russians right. have to say that through formal channels. Right. Hey, we didn't do anything to your elections. Of course, you give us a break. 
The Russians don't want the collusion narrative they've already denied to go away. Because they know it does what? It keeps chaos and political instability in the United States. The Russians want this collusion narrative to go on as long as possible. Bingo! They're like, oh, but what do you mean? Is he trying to hurt Trump? He's trying to hurt you. Yeah. Do you get it? Whether it hurts Trump or not is irrelevant. It's that it hurts you and the United States that matters. If it hurt Trump but helped the U.S. government, they wouldn't do it. They, they were only interested in hurting the United States. Brewing, this is so obvious. So what happened this week and what evidence do I have of this? Why am I talking about this now? The House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence released their report this week, Joe. Yeah. And in the report, finally, we have the full report on their investigation about Russian collusion that didn't happen. The report is damning. The report says what I'm telling you. The Russians are, are, are been messing with us, but there is zero evidence at all that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians to alter the election. Putin doesn't want this to go away. So what does he do? On Friday, he tells his spy, Vesel Nitskaya, who was working with Fusion GPS, working with the Clintons to dirty up the Trump team, hey, this would be a great time for an NBC interview where you can finally admit you were a Russian spy, knowing what? Follow me here, folks, please. Knowing that dopey Democrats and their media hack buddies, instead of telling the truth that Veselnitsky is tied more to the Clinton operation than they are to the Trumps, would do what? Breaking! Breaking! This is a fake news alert. The story you're about to hear is inaccurate, bogus, or just a bunch of crap. This is a fake news alert. <laughs> we haven't used that in so long. No. You've, I, I forgot. I, Joe, of course, cleaned that up. He had to clean up. Take it. We had to wait a second to pull. We haven't used it in so long. This is. He knew the media. Putin knew the media would put out fake news saying breaking. Donald Trump Jr. met with a Russian spy, and also knew that the hack media would never say sent by the team working with the Clintons. They left the second part out. Folks, this is so, it is so obvious what's going on. You have to be such a bonehead. This is the lowest point in media history. They are, they serve no, listen, brother, I get it. I'm a big First Amendment guy. Freedom of the press, and the freedom of the press to be stupid is, in my case, absolute, as long as they don't threaten anybody's life. Do what you want. But your reputations, you are so pathetic, so disgusting. I mean, it is, Trump is spot on. It is. It's pathetic. What's that? And no, Jim Acosta. Nobody's inciting violence. That's a leftist thing. You nutbags. We don't. We're not talking about that. I'm just saying your professional reputations are such garbage that you frame this story without telling the real story of what happened. Is you're playing right into Vladimir Putin's handbook. He knew exactly what you were going to do with that interview on Friday. Now the second reason is things are not going well in Syria for Putin. Um, I am not a big global interventionist. I think you all know that. But I don't think there's any question uh, the Russian operation has had a bit of a setback in Syria due to some uh, activities by Trump. The attack on the mercenaries, some of the bombings in Syria. Again, I understand there are different opinions on this, mine included. Um, but things are not going well for the Russians there. The Russians need a reason again to do what, Joe? Keep the chaos going. There you go. So if I'm Vladimir Putin, here's what I'm saying. 
Hey, Natalia, Veselnitskaya, listen, we knew you were a spy the whole time. How do I know that? Because you've been working for me and my, my buddies here, okay? It's time to give an interview to NBC. NBC? Why would they give it to NBC? Oh, knowing NBC's not going to ask any real questions, right? Yeah. Like, hey, were you working with Fusion GPS that was working with the Clintons? Do you know that? Like, let's leave that out of it, right? So, or not at least probing deeply enough on it. They give this interview to NBC. And of course, we're breaking. Donald Trump Jr. meets with Russian spy. Now, from this Business Insider piece. He says, of course, she contradicted her earlier statements in an interview with NBC News and aired on Friday. Her earlier statements, Joe, to be clear, was she was mm-hmm. not a spy, mm-hmm. which, again, if you've been listening to the show, you already know is BS. Mm-hmm. Fake news alerts. I, I remember that because somebody asked for that in email. Like, you got to oh, bring cool. that back. Okay, she said, and Vessel in the Sky, this is a quote, I am a lawyer and I am an informant, she said. <laughs> Since 2013, I have been actively communicating with the office of the Russian prosecutor general. Uh, uh, okay, thank you. We already knew that, but I'm glad you finally confirmed it. Um, and this is interesting, though. Trump at the rally on Saturday night said something. This is why the Business Insider piece, good pull by them. Speaking about the revelation, talking about what Veselnitskaya said, mm-hmm. Trump on Saturday night said, you know what? If she did that, it was because Putin and the group said, you know, this Trump is killing us. Why don't you say that you're involved with government so that we can go and make their life in the United States even more chaotic? Sound like what I'm telling you? Folks, I don't talk out of my caboose on the show. Trump is telling you when I'm in the speech on Saturday night exactly what I'm telling you now. You think Trump does... Guys, ladies, he's the president of the United States. He gets the PDB, the presidential daily brief. The hottest intelligence from around the world. You think he doesn't have sources in Russia and a good read on exactly why Putin sent Veselnitskaya to do this interview on Friday? The whole reason was to keep the collusion narrative alive, knowing exactly what the media was going to do. Donald Trump Jr. met with Russian spy. Sent by Hillary Clinton's team. (laughs) No, let's leave that part out. That's what happened. And Putin was absolutely right. Okay, there was more breaking news. Um, Some major nuggets. Well, it's kind of internal breaking news. Again, we're doing a lot of homework for the book. So we've been scouring through these texts. I found something in the text really, really interesting that I missed um, on Friday's show. And I'm like, damn, how did I miss this? So I found it over the weekend and it's it's a major league bombshell. All right, let me get to that in a second because this is going to require some exp- exp- some explaining. All right, have you guys tried Thrive Market yet? If you haven't, give it a shot. My wife can't shop anywhere else anymore. It's a revolutionary online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. You can shop for thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products. By the way, they're not kidding when they say this. Always at 25 to 50% below traditional resale prices. If you go to Thrive Market, you will not be able to shop in a supermarket again for these healthy food products. You won't. You're just going to be like, I've been getting ripped off the whole time. Check out the Thrive Market brand products for extra savings. And they're the highest quality ingredients too. They have even more affordable prices than the current premium products carried on the site. I like the apple cider vinegar there. Uh, I like the coconut oil. Those are my two favorites. But 
I mean, really, it's just got the list of great products that goes on and on and on. You can get everything you need, non-GMO foods, snacks, vitamins, personal care products, safe and non-toxic beauty products, kitchen staples, organic baby food, kids products, and much, much more. And here's the thing shipped right to your door. We love it. You can even filter the uh, catalog by your values and dietary preferences. Save you a whole bunch of time. More than 70% of the Thrive Market catalog, folks, cannot be found on Amazon. It's the largest retailer in the country that sells exclusively non-GMO groceries. You will not shop anywhere else if you go to Thrive Market. You won't because you won't be able to, you can't beat these prices, right? Here's the deal they're going to make for you now. Well, wait, let me just tell you this though, too. It doesn't make any sense that a lot of these non-organic uh, products cost more than organic natural products. And now for the first time in history, shoppers, you can easily access these wholesome alternatives to these conventional products found at traditional supermarkets at the same prices or lower. In their case, much lower. I got an offer for you, and it's a good one. You can get $60 of free organic groceries plus free shipping uh, and a 30-day trial. Listen to what I just said. of free organic groceries, plus free shipping, and a 30-day trial. Keep in mind, Thrive Market's prices are already up to 50% off. And now they're giving you an extra $60 in free groceries, plus free shipping. Here's the website. I love this place. That's why I'm sounding so professional doing it, because I really dig their chili. (laughs) They're great. They're great. Their prices are unbelievable. My wife is like, that can't be right. Is the decimal point in the wrong place? No, that's right. Thrivemarket.com slash Bongino. Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E. Thrivemarket.com slash Bongino. Thrivemarket.com slash Bongino. You can always check it out on our website, Bongino.com slash sponsors. But check them out, Thrivemarket.com slash Bongino. You will not be disappointed. Okay. I have kept you all in suspense for too long. Here is a nugget I dug out of these texts that is just a, a gem. Now, to be clear, the texts, again, I'm sorry to have to repeat the obvious, but some are people are new listeners and most people have lives and don't follow this as intently as some of us political people do all the time. The texts are between Peter Stroke and Lisa Page, two FBI employees working on both the Hillary Clinton email and the Donald Trump special counsel investigation. One is a lawyer, Lisa Page. One is a senior level counterintelligence division FBI agent. He is a manager. He is the number two person in the division. He is not a rank and file special agent anymore. These are important people in this. They have been texting each other for months. The texts were uncovered in an investigation the inspector general is conducting. The inspector general is the equivalent of, I got a request on email to describe this a little bit. The inspector general is the equivalent of the federal government internal affairs. The inspector general, there are, there are inspector generals from many departments, veterans affairs, inspector general for DOJ. They are responsible for investigating malpractice inside those divisions. There was a request by the Democrats after the behavior of Jim Comey in the presidential election. I said that right. A request by Democrats who felt Jim Comey cost Hillary the election for the inspector general of the Department of Justice who oversees the FBI and the DOJ. Michael Horowitz to look into the behavior surrounding this. That is where these texts have come from. I'm very sorry if during the course of my explanation I of, of from episode 628 on, which is where all this started, that I have failed to explain that to you. Some people emailed me and I realized like maybe people don't understand what the IG investigation is. That's what it is. It is an internal affairs investigation 
being conducted by Michael Horowitz at the request of Democrats to evaluate potential misconduct in the FBI and DOJ in the investigation into Hillary Clinton. That is how these texts came about. They were ordered to produce them, Lisa Page and Stroke which they have. Some of them supposedly disappeared. That was nonsense. I told you that a long time ago. They've now reappeared. Sorry for the lengthy setup, but here's the gem. September 28th of 2016. Let me just be clear why this date is important. This is almost a month before. Matter of fact, it is a month. It's actually a month before the letter Jim Comey sends to Congress 10 days before the presidential election reopening the Hillary email case. Everybody remember that? Mm -hmm. 10 days before the presidential election, the Clinton-Trump election, Comey sends an email to Congress saying, hey, we found this Anthony Weiner laptop, new Clinton emails. Remember, the Dems lost their minds. Yep. The text I'm about to read you, folks, pay close attention, is from September 28th. October 28th is when the letter goes out to Congress. The text I'm about to read to you is from a month before. Here we go. Stroke text page. I got called up to Andy's office, likely talking about Andy McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI who's since been fired. Got called up to Andy's earlier. Hundreds of thousands of emails turned over by Wiener's attorney to SDNY, Southern District of New York, includes a ton of of material from spouse. Spouse was Huma Abedin, Hillary's assistant. Sending team up tomorrow to review. This will never end. How did I miss this? on Friday? We were culling through this stuff and you're like, gosh, you can't. You just sometimes are so overwhelmed with information. All right. What is the takeaway from this? What's the gem in here? Turned over by Wiener's attorney? What do you mean turned over by Wiener's attorney? And they had these emails a month prior to the opening. Remember, the case gets reopened as per the letter to Congress. The letter goes out October 28th. What the was happening between September 28th and October 28th? Turned over by the attorney. Let me walk you through something quickly. This is where I think I can value add for you as a former cop and federal agent. Cool. There's only a few ways to get your hands on evidence in a case. If I'm investigating Joe for felonious mopery, and Mm -hmm. I think there's a computer with indicators of of mopery on the computer, there are only a few ways for me to get that. Joe can abandon it. You know, Joe could throw it out in the garbage. I mean, we do garbage runs all the time. It was gross. It was the worst part about being an agent. You'd go through people's garbage. They abandon mm-hmm. it. They have no right to privacy. They threw it out. Right. You can consent to turn it over. But hold on to that one. I can say to Joe, will you sign this and give us your laptop? Yes, I sign it. I never liked doing that, by the way, as an agent, because what do you think that happens later when you find evidence on a computer? What do you think the bad guy says? I didn't consent. Yeah, but you signed it. Yeah, but you made me sign it. It happens every time. You're better off just getting a warrant. Trust me. (laughs) Every time. 
So you can consent to turnover. You can get a search warrant. Obviously, we just talked. That's an obvious one. There's a hot pursuit exception for emergencies. You know, you chase someone into a house. You just shot someone. You find a gun. You, you can chase them into the house. You don't have to get a search warrant. Hey, guy's got a gun. Just killed someone. We need a warrant. That's not the way it works. There's a motor vehicle exception. It's not a law class, but because cars are mobile, um, you can. there's like a lungeable, grabbable area exception to having to get a search warrant. There's a search incident to a lawful arrest provision. In other words, if I arrest you and as I'm taking you in, I have to pat you down. I'm not going to put you in jail with razor blades in your pockets. If I find razor blades that we used to kill someone, I didn't get a warrant, but I have the evidence. There was no warrant, but it was called a search incident to a lawful arrest, right? There's a plain view doctrine. If I walk up to your car and you're smoking a joint <laughs> without non-tinted with you, tinted windows in some respects, and I see you smoking a joint, I don't have to say, hold on, I need to go get a warrant. Finally, there's the stop and frisk provision. If I stop you on the street pursuant to reasonable suspicion you did something wrong and I pat you down for my own safety and I find a, a, you know, a pistol on you you just shot someone with, I don't have to get a warrant. Why is any of this important in regards to this text? Folks, this text was sent a month before he notified Congress. The lawyer turned over the emails. Why would they do that? Was What was Anthony Weiner and his lawyer, what were they doing? Were they, I, I don't think the whole story here has been told. In other words, if Weiner was cooperating, Joe... Mm-hmm. Why else would you consent to turning over emails from your computer? No, remember now, folks. Do you remember Anthony Weiner, Huma Abedin, Huma Abedin's spouse, Huma's Hillary Clinton's right hand woman? Not literally, because I had so most overused word in the English language, but almost literally, she's at her right arm almost all the time. Mm-hmm. I know Huma from the Secret Service. They are like two peas in a pod. They're almost never apart. Huma is married to Anthony Weiner. So Weiner, by default, is in this Clinton sphere. Yeah. Huma was sending potentially classified information, definitely sensitive information, onto our own account that some of it turned up on Weiner's computer, whether she was forwarding it to it, whatever it may be. Weiner's computer becomes evidence in a case where Weiner is texting inappropriately a 15-year-old girl, which is pretty disgusting. But that's not what we've been told. We've been told, Joe, the laptop was seized, the Weiner laptop. But that's not what this text says. How did I? I don't know how I missed this. Let me read this first part again. Okay. This is Stroke, who's investigating this. Got called up to Andy's office. Hundreds of thousands of emails were turned over by Wiener's attorney to Southern District, including a ton of material from the spouse, Huma. Folks, was he cutting a deal? I I hear a... You hear the bird singing? Not yet, but uh, you oh. may. That Wiener. That's uh, this guy. Yeah. I'm the, the jailbird now. Of course yeah. he's trying to get out. There's something going on here. He must there some degree of cooperation is clearly happening where he's trying to cut a deal. 
The problem, Joe, is as far as we know, mm-hmm. we don't know what kind of deal was cut. Now, why is this interesting? Mm-hmm. Because if you remember my show from last week, there's a couple other dates here. So we know now from Strokes text that the songbirds start September 28th of 2016. <laughs> okay. Clearly, for those of you who may have missed that, me and Joe have a weird sense of humor. September 28th, Wiener's attorney consents to turning over these emails. There's there's no warrant yet we know of. Okay. They have the information. November, oh, excuse me, October 26th. There's this Lynch, Loretta Lynch call. Which I keep having to keep screwing that date thing. I wrote it down wrong. October 26th is that Lynch call, that infamous Lynch call we talked about uh, last week with the Eric Prince case that Prince is referencing. Loretta Lynch calls up the New York field office of the, of the FBI. And according to now what we know from a lot of uh, documents that have become public, Lynch just rips uh, the New York field office a new one for leaks about the Garner case. This is almost a month later. Two days later, the letter comes out from Comey, October 28th. And then on November 4th, Eric Prince, who is under investigation by the Mueller team. Remember, I told you the Mueller probe is a smokescreen, right? Eric Prince gives an interview on Breitbart News, which we played the cuts from it. If you've been a regular listener to the show, I think it was one of last week's shows, where he says some of the most incredible things I've ever heard. That Loretta Lynch, Prince's interview on Breitbart is amazing. He says Loretta Lynch was using the death of Eric Garner and a potential DOJ probe. Eric Garner was was involved in a use of force incident with the NYPD and died. It was the chokehold case, or that's, that's how they called it in the media. They wanted a civil rights investigation, DOJ, into the NYPD. Prince goes on Breitbart and says that insinuates that there was some kind of a deal cut here, that the DOJ won't investigate the NYPD. Joe, if you make this Wiener thing go away for now. Mm-hmm. Prince says they found horrifying things on Wiener's laptop. Now, this text makes a little more sense. Did Wiener turn those emails over because what? Because Prince was right. What they found on the laptop was so disturbing that Wiener's attorney was like, hey, brother, this is some really bad stuff. We better come out, cooperate early, cooperate strong, and turn it all over now because you are going down. And then what happened? Did DOJ say, we don't want it. We don't want it. We don't want it. How else do you explain that? If Wiener's lawyer produced yeah. information that Prince is saying could have been ex- damning to the Clinton campaign, what happened to it? Where is it all? Folks, something's not right here. I know I'm leaving you a lot of unanswered questions, but something's not right here. It seems to me now that there was something on either that Wiener laptop or in those emails they turned over. That is highly destructive to the Clinton reputation. I don't think that's rocket science at this point. Uh. 
The way this worked out, I don't know how I missed this text. I can't believe it. It turned over by Wiener's attorney. You do not get your client to cooperate. It would be legal malpractice if you don't have something damning and the FBI doesn't have something damning on them. There's no way. Wiener was probably cooperating against the Clintons. And oddly enough, the DOJ was like, yeah, he was probably singing his uh, singing his little heart out. <laughs> and DOJ, from the Lynch side, are the ones sitting there going, I don't know if we want it. I don't know if we want it. It's 10 it's days insane. before the election. Something's not right, folks. It's not right. Okay, uh, I got a lot of other stories to get to you, too. But those are the new uh, breaking news items on that front. So today's show also brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. You know I love iTarget. Why? Because if you have a firearm, you have the responsibility, you, to learn how to use that firearm proficiently. Uh, proficiently. Excuse me, folks. Gosh. Sometimes I hate the words. Use the firearm proficiently. It is your responsibility. You know, we had a line in the Secret Service. You are responsible for every round. And they meant it. No round was to leave that gun anywhere near the president in a law enforcement situation, anywhere otherwise, if you didn't know exactly where that round was going. First-time firearm owners, you want to learn how to use a firearm in the safety of your own home? This is a product for you, too. Law enforcement officers, military, uh, sportsmen, hunters, this is a terrific, absolutely wonderful product. Can't recommend it highly enough. It's called iTarget. The website is iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com. What is the iTarget Pro system? They will send you a laser round, which you drop into a safely unloaded firearm. You check that firearm till it's clear. You check it. You check it twice. You check it three times. You make sure that firearm is safely unloaded. You drop in a laser round. iTarget Pro will send it to you. They'll send you the target as well. What will happen is when you dry fire the firearm, because it's, it's an inert round. It's not going to go off, obviously. It emits a laser, and now you can see where that round would have gone. It's the problem with dry firing, in other words, firing a safely unloaded weapon and working on your trigger control and your sight alignment, is you don't know where the round would have gone. Now you can see that. It emits a laser. I've got people who send me their targets because it captures it on a phone app. It's the coolest thing ever. Monday, they're a little erratic. By Friday, they're like pistoliers. It's amazing. This is one of the best products out there. Can't recommend it highly enough. The website is itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Promo code Dan. Okay, I got a little bit of debunking to do. I miss my debunking stuff. Um, you know what? One more thing. I'm sorry. This is important. The, during the research for the book, a hat tip to one of my co-authors, we came up with another angle on the vessel in the sky of the lawyer meeting. I didn't get to it in the beginning because I wanted to be sure I got to that text. But this is important too. We found something there. It's been out there for a while, but the connections with this guy are really disturbing. There was another person in that room when they met with Trump, uh, Trump Jr. Uh, Renat Akhmetson, if I'm saying the name wrong, forgive me. But interestingly enough, Joe, just showing you again that this Veselnitskaya meeting was probably a setup on the Trump team to dirty them up. This mm-hmm. is from the New York Times, hat tip to Denise, who picked this one out. So just to be clear, this guy shows up with a Russian lawyer. Uh, what's his name? Ekmatsin. He has an association with a former deputy head of a Russian spy service, the FSB, and a history of working for close allies of President Putin. 
Twice he has worked on legal battles for Russian tycoons whose opponents suffered sophisticated hacking attacks, arousing allegations of computer espionage. This, this is too, this is crazy. Listen to this part. He helped federal prosecutors bring corruption charges against the uh, American businessmen in the former Soviet Union who turned out to be working for the CIA. They also turns out, this is, this is, this is amazing. Akhmetson made his way from, uh, from Russian spy to Washington lobbyist through Edward Lieberman, a lawyer with corporate and political clients in the former, in so, former Soviet countries who was married to President Bill Clinton's former deputy chief of staff, Everlyn Lieberman. Nothing to see there again, folks. Do you understand how all of these, this is, by the way, it's all in the book. That was, was a, I'm giving you a little preview of some of the stuff we've been writing. Everything goes back to the Clintons. I wanted to get to that before my debunking story because it's important. Okay. Uh, one of the things you've been hearing about the tax cuts, which is mythical, is that, oh, they're all going to stock buybacks. Well, we got the numbers. Now, I want to be crystal clear on this, the economics of stock buybacks. The Democrats understand that, that stock buybacks. So the Democrats love playing class warfare. That's their thing. So they know that by saying, oh, this tax cuts, it's all going to rich people and stock buybacks and the accumulation of wealth in the stock market, we're all being screwed over. Folks, if a company gets a corporate tax cut and takes that money and buys back its own stock, that's those stock buybacks, uh, I mean, they affect pension funds. They, You know, a company can only do three things with money, right? It can consume it, it can invest it, or it can spend it. It can consume it internally, it can invest it in other companies, or it can spend it on things like dividends where it returns it to shareholders. There's nothing else going to, the money doesn't disappear. So there's nothing inherently bad about stock buybacks. But when you're a liberal who has no concept of how basic economics works, or if you do when you're a liar, that sounds really evil. The numbers are out. This is from James Freeman, hat tip James Freeman, the Wall Street Journal from this weekend. Among the 130 companies in the S&P 500 that have reported results in this earnings season. Here we go, Joe. Capital spending, in other words, Mm -hmm. investment, which is a good thing, increased by 39%, the fastest rate in seven years. Data compiled by UBS AG show. Meanwhile, returns to shareholders are growing at a much slower pace with net buybacks rising 16% and dividends saw an 11% boost. So not only do you not understand basic economics, how companies can consume investors, spend the money, it doesn't disappear. Either way, it gets back into the economy. It doesn't, nobody burns it. Even then, your premise that stock buybacks are dominating all other forms of use of that money from the tax cut is categorically factually wrong. It's more than double uh, that those assets are being used for capital spending or investment in the American economy. You're just making it up. You're, you're, you're literally just lying. But don't let that get in the way of another stupid argument. Um, I have a piece of sound here for you. I asked Joe to cut. This is a, another good one. I know I don't want to slam you on Monday with all these stories, but this was sent to me by a few listeners. So thank you very much. You didn't say if I could include your name, so I'm going to keep it out. But um, this is from ABC News. Now, in case you missed the story, there's a cop killer in Maine. He was caught. But they went out while they were engaged in the manhunt for this cop killer in Maine, which has 
uh, constitutional laws or, or relatively constitutional laws on gun carry. And they started interviewing people during this manhunt. You know, the gist of the interviews being, hey, you guys scared? There's this cop killer running through your neighborhood. I want you. To, I cannot believe this actually aired on ABC. I want you to listen to the response from this guy. He's probably got more to worry about from us than we have from him. Uh, everybody up here shoots. Everybody owns guns. Shout out to my little friend. Dude, how did ABC News get Scarface in there, too? That was a little Joe edition. ABC ABC aired that? I only say that because ABC is obviously in the tank for uh, gun grabbing, gun confiscation. That's their thing. I mean, they're ABC. It's a media outlet. They, you know, they hate guns. They do. They hate the Constitution. They hate the Second Amendment. I mean, they just can't stand it. I should be. Maybe I don't hate the Constitution, but they definitely can't stand uh, firearms, even though most people use firearms to protect themselves and for, for legal reasons, obviously. Matter of fact, the rate of crime amongst concealed carry holders is lower than that of police officers. Yeah, I said that right. Cops commit crimes more than concealed carry holders. But again, don't let that get in the way of a stupid argument. But I, I'm, I'm just astonished. I'm going to cover that yeah. in my NRA TV show tonight, too, with the video, because it's just I'm stunned ABC aired that. The guy's like, nah, we're good. We all got guns up here. He's got a little bit more to worry about than us than we do from him. All right. Amen, brother. I'm just astonished today on ABC News. There's nothing groundbreaking. I don't have any deep analysis. I just, I, I, it's a media story, not a story about that guy. Because I can't believe ABC put that on the air. That legal law-abiding gun owners actually own guns and don't look like maniacs and now can defend themselves against a homicidal cop killer. Astonishing. I don't think ABC even understood what they did. Okay. A uh, couple more stories on the Fanula New front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're putting this we're putting a shirt together. <laughs> Bolo. Fanula New. Now, uh, if you listened to the show last week, you get the joke. Fanula New when I was a new agent. I had a tough time finding Fanula New. Luckily, I caught myself before I walked in the boss office and said, boss, Fanula New. He is the John Gotti of our time. He's involved in every case in our office. Of course, Fanula New is, stands for first name unknown, last name unknown. Paula thought that story was hysterical, my wife. So in an effort to save myself some embarrassment, Paula's like, I'm going to look this up because you cannot possibly be the only person who thought that, which I did. Now I caught myself, thankfully, because it was all in caps. I'm like, all right, it's a first name unknown, last name unknown. Paula looked up a few stories. I'm not the only one who screwed this up. Oh, right. There are people <laughs> if, uh, pr- people in the media who have reported on Fanula New. Validation. I am not kidding. <laughs> Just Google Fanula New Media. I am not making this up. So I'm not the only one. A little comedic relief for the show. I had to throw that in there. Dan right. Bongino is not the only one who screwed up Fanula New. Some people apparently think Fanula New is a real guy. He isn't. First name unknown, last name unknown. Don't make yourself out to be a fool like I almost did before I caught myself. Okay. um, Two more serious stories. You know, one of them I'm going to save for tomorrow because it's a little deeper and requires some analysis. Uh, The gist of it, though, is that there's been some stuff uncovered about George Soros and some money. And it's not a conspiracy. You know, George Soros is always the boogeyman. But about funding of this operation into Trump, and it is really frightening stuff. It came out in uh, the House uh, Select uh, Permanent Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence Report, and 
basically, there's a lot of left-wing money still funding attacks on Trump. But it's interesting how the money's working. So I'm going to get to that tomorrow but because it's going to require a lengthy explanation. Um, but it's an important story. But one final note. I have a good story about what's going on in North Korea. Now, again, you can have issues. It's, you know, it's a free country with the way Trump handles himself. I support the president. Um, I like him. I think he's a nice guy. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting him, not often, just once, but we had a pretty good conversation and uh, it was great. I walked away with a really good feeling about him. What's happening in North Korea is astonishing. Um, not only that it's happening, but that it's, I don't do a lot of foreign policy on the show because there's so much going on. Interesting, because we cover the Russia thing, but that's more yeah. of a domestic story, sadly. What's happening in North Korea is just amazing. Not just what's happening, but at the breathtaking speed it's happening at. So I don't know if you missed it on Sunday, but the North Koreans are now saying that they're going to dismantle this nuclear test site and they're going to do it publicly for all the world to see. Listen, let's just be clear, okay? I love the president. I think he's a good guy. I think he's doing the right thing. But I think everybody's taking this with a healthy dose of skepticism. We've been down this road before. I am not in any way naive to that. You're free to email me, but I get it. Please, if you're going to send me emails, don't trust the North Koreans. Let me just stop you. I agree. Don't waste your time. I, you can, but I agree with you. You're just wasting your email. I'm with you. But folks, this is an unquestionably positive development. If the North Koreans agree to dismantle a nuclear test site and we can verify it, I'm great. I'm game. This broke on Sunday. Like, this is happening at breakneck speed. But there's an interesting theory out there in a Forbes article I have in the show notes today, which is really, really good. And by the way, um, some of the snippets uh, of, of these texts, I'm going to try to find a piece to get up there at the show notes, too, where you can read them yourself. But there's a really good piece in Forbes today about how the North Koreans may have no other choice at this point. It appears that, what is it, uh, Mount Mantap, where they had a nuclear site, where they were conducting underground, underground testing in the mountains, Joe, okay. that they've done so many nuclear tests that they've actually collapsed and destroyed the whole mountain. Now, what's the problem? Obviously, the problem is you lost your big nuclear test site. But secondly... There's been some kind of a stovepipe generated where radioactive waste is starting to leak out like a chimney. Ooh. Now, where is that radioactive waste going to go? A lot of it's going to go towards China because it's close to the China border. Right. I will bet you, of course, Trump knows this. This is not, you know, he knew this before any of us did. But he's shown some pretty hardcore negotiating skills. I can almost guarantee you he's pushing the Chinese going, look, look at these idiots. They blow up a mountain. They're dumping radioactive waste into your country. I mean, you got to get with it, fellas. We got to fix this thing. I'm not saying it was the only factor that played into it, but I think the North Koreans are getting desperate. I don't think there's any question right now the country is going broke. Um, they have almost no hard currency left. Um, they are in real trouble. And Trump may be onto something here, folks. And if we can get a genuine peace treaty and verify uh, denuclearization of that peninsula there, I mean... Does the guy get the Nobel Peace Prize? I'm not kidding. I'm not even messing around. I mean, they gave Obama the Nobel Peace Prize for showing up. I don't. I don't know what he did, but for showing up, he got. How do How do you not even consider Trump with that? We'll see. I'm skeptical. We should be skeptical. We've heard this before with the Palestinians too, and look what happened. We're mm -hmm. back where we were, but we should not run away 
from unquestionably positive developments. And if they're going to deconstruct the nuclear facility and one of them has collapsed, then this is a good thing. Read the article, though. It's interesting. It's short, sweet, and Forbes. I'll put it up in the show notes today. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, today's going to, by the way, this week's going to be a busy week. I'll be at the NRA convention. I'll be recording from the road, which uh, I always like doing. I get a flavor for what's going on out there. But if you're at the NRA convention out in Dallas, come by and uh, say hello. I'll be at the NRA TV booth, uh, booth. So I'll see you there. Take care. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.